0: Welcome to the Out of the Deep End Podcast with Dr. J.C. Vernon. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, had some technical difficulties, um, primarily the intro music that I was using, which I paid for entirely. But every time I tried to upload a podcast to a um, streaming service where I could monetize it, such as YouTube or Facebook, I was getting uh, notifications that I didn't own the rights to this music, even though I did. Own the rights to use this music, and it I'd have to do. Um an input a request for every single episode and i said oh this is this is going to get a little redundant a little ridiculous so i wrote my own intro music which has turned out okay i i will probably continue to work on it maybe write one entirely different that's a, another set of skills that's a lot of fun to work on but for now it's good enough and it's going to work so i am back i want to talk to you today about the netflix movie royalty if you haven't seen it it dropped on August 17 um, of t- t- 2022, and it is a Norwegian film that's based upon a Norwegian YA series, YA beating a young adult book series called. And the first one is called The Air, which this movie is based upon. Now, big time spoiler alert. I'm going to assume if you are listening to this that you have already watched the film or you've read the book and, and you're looking to watch the film. I'm not necessarily going to do a film review, though I will talk to you about some things that I liked about it or didn't like it, but I want to focus on the mental health aspects of the, of the movie because that's what this podcast is all about. What can we learn from the characters? What can we learn from their story? What do the writers teach us? Um, how accurate is it? So, it is a movie directed by Emily Beck, and it is your Cinderella type story where, but it has a YA twist, and you have a girl that's trying to move to a new place to start over, and she meets the prince, and they fall in love. But of course, there are conflicts complete with an evil stepmother, maybe, and an evil sister, maybe though we're not entirely sure how that's going to develop because remember, this is just the first movie in the series. So Leena is the girl who moves to Oslo from her old, um, her old town because she has a secret and she's trying to get away from that secret. In fact, she has two secrets. And she meets the prince, Kale or Kala, and his sister is Marguerite. And they go to a kind of a bourgeois, it looks like, I'm not sure if it's a private school or a public school. You kind of assume it's a private school because it's small and the royalty are there. They never quite explained to us how Lena is able to go to that school because she is definitely middle class, lower middle class. Um, her two parents um, are in awe of the royal family. So you don't get this feeling that they they have moved in those circles before. The main theme that we see in the story revolves around trust and honesty. And that is kind of important to Leonard because one of the reasons she has moved to Oslo is because she broke trust in the past and she has a very big secret that she is hiding and when she gets into the inner circle because of the prince the the object is in their minds to be able to stay there because once you make it you're fine as long as you remain trustworthy and trust is a big issue especially for the princess sister now liana has a history of making very poor decisions okay, here's the spoiler alert. She moved to Oslo because she posted a friend or posted a video of her friend in a car about to have sex. And it, I believe it was her ex-boyfriend also. So you had a little love triangle thing going here, but she posted it live on the um, internet and betrayed her friend. And she ha- she was ostracized to because, because of it. But her other massive secret is that she has a quote-unquote little brother that isn't her little brother at all, but is actually her son. And I believe it is by the same guy that was in the car with her friend. So she moved away to get away from all that scandal. But when they move, she's um, telling everybody, her parents are telling everyone that this is her little brother. And so when we find out the truth, I will admit it it was a little predictable. It didn't entirely catch me off guard, but I was still a little surprised um, because they dropped a couple hints along the way, but it was really it was done well enough so that you weren't entirely sure. All right, another theme that the this film is dealing with is class and versus character. So upper class, lower class isn't really an issue here, which is unique for the young adult genre because usually In the teen world, you have the in crowd and then you have the out crowd. In society, we have the upper class, those with money and with the freedom, the ability to do things, to make the decisions, and then you have the lower class who are the poor, the people that have to work for the upper class, they usually can't make very many decisions in their life. But this story kind of blends those lines. Like I said, Liana is definitely middle class, but she's able to go to the school. She falls in love with the prince. The prince falls in love with her at first sight. And we don't really get this issue of there is the out, lower class, the unpopular kids in the school. There's just simply, everybody seems to be well off and and popular. So that genre isn't really... um, explored very much which is is a little refreshing it appears that your character as as a person is more important than your social class which that is the crux for liana because her character is in question because of her two secrets her past history so um the poor in the society are underrepresented we don't really see a whole lot of them but like i said it's kind of refreshing that they don't focus on that too much Another theme is that of love and friendship. Love because Prince Kala falls in love with her very quickly, maybe a little too easily. He walks into the classroom. There she is. I'm going to sit by her. Oh, I like you. And then he never has any doubts, or at least we never get to see those doubts. So she also loves him in return. But we don't, it's a failing in the story that we don't really know why she loves him. Does she love him simply because he's a prince? Does she love him because he's good looking? Because he has a good personality? Like we don't really, we don't really get inside and understand where the chemistry is coming from. It's just a little bit um, assumed, a little bit generic. We don't really know what's at stake for the prince either. Is he afraid of having another scandal? Because you would think so, based upon the fact that he has had scandals. They happen in the tabloids, but we learn that, well, they were really set up. So he's a good guy after all. Okay, well, then what are you afraid of? Um, is there an issue with him marrying someone who's just a commoner that the future queen might not be acceptable by his family? But we don't really get to see that dynamic either. So another thing that's interesting is Liana really has no friends um, in her life. She comes to this new school, so everyone she's meeting is new, but we don't really get that person in her life from her old school that was her best friend, that was going to be with her no matter what, which is usually a really good indication that a person is good, right? We said that social class um, is important, but your friendship, your ability to be uh, trustworthy and honest is more important. Well, if that's so important, then where are her friends? She betrayed her best friend. She betrayed her boyfriend. And so we don't know if she is a trustworthy person or not. And I also felt that the royal family, with the exception of the sister, but she goes along with it rather easily also, They accept her very quickly and they don't ask too many questions, which um, I didn't find entirely believable, especially if he has been um, the victim of past scandals set up for photo ops and so forth. I think they probably would have checked her out a little harder. All right, so let's get to the psychology of the story. So we're, we're talking with teenagers, young adults. So when we in psychology, counseling therapy, when we talk about develop, developmental stages of teenagers, we're typically talking from ages 12 to 18. That's Eric Erickson's identity versus role confusion stage. And the main idea of this stage revolves around a singular question, who am I? So a teen is constantly trying to figure out how they fit into the world. What is their identity? What is their personality? What do they stand for? What do they like? What do they dislike? It's all about who am I? The development of, excuse me, the development of ego strength is very important at this stage. Balancing what is right versus what your desires are. So we see this is an issue in the story, but I think it's more of an issue for Leona than anything else, which is a little ironic because she is our protagonist. We see that In this story, sex has already played a role in her life because she has a child, but she also is very willing to have sex with the prince. In fact, she wants to, and she makes that very clear, and he's the one that says, whoa, slow down, I'm not ready for this, it makes me nervous, right? Uh, But she's willing to make the same mistakes that she made before, even though she brought condoms we never know what's going to happen, right? But um, for her, it's not really an issue. So she seems to have totally accepted that sex is not that big of a deal. Now, mind you, this is a Norwegian book, a Norwegian film. So European Norwegian values on such things are very different than Americans. And I'm viewing this through an American's eye just like you probably are as well. So we I don't really know the way they view sex, but it seems that her parents seem to be, if, if, if not condoning it, they don't really warn her or say anything that we might expect an American set of parents might do. Be careful, especially with the prince, who has this reputation of being a party bad boy, though we know he's not, according to him. But you would think that the parents might say something, but they don't. Don't so if Liana is going to be our protagonist and she's going to be our heroine that we that we root for, why is she the one that is breaking these moral values when these values are should be part of her ego strength, but they certainly are not? Uh, another issue that we're dealing with with young adults in this developmental stage is a basic virtue of fidelity, and fidelity means that the teen no matter what, remains faithful to their friends in spite of any contradictions in their value systems. For example, a, our protagonist goes to a party. She knows it's not right to do drugs and drink and right, do these things that are dangerous, but her best friend is doing them. So she has to support her best friend, even though she knows that it's wrong, because fidelity to a teen says, I have your back, even if you are breaking the rules, because that is my job to be your friend. And like I said before, Liana doesn't have this friend that has fidelity with her. So we have to question, is she a good person? Is she a bad person? And that's, that's underlying this entire story. She has broken her trust with her old friends. So we know that she doesn't have fidelity. Can she be trusted? That is one of the ultimate questions with this royal inner circle. And we know that she has a history of not. The princess finds this out and that is a major issue. And we don't really get an idea that she's going to um, be able to achieve this, at least not in this first edition of what what I assume is going to be a three-part series. So Liana carries her pain with her to Oslo because she betrayed her friends. She's attempting to bury it, to cover it up under a lie that she is just a normal teen. But as we go through the story, this isn't entirely possible. She sees her old friend at the gas station. She attempts to reconcile by apologizing, which gives us an idea. Oh, we think she's a good girl. We think Liana is going to be worthy of being our hero but her friend doesn't accept her apology they get into a little scuffle and um, her effort is entirely rejected so in terms of um, ego strength in terms of the basic virtue of uh, fidelity in the identity versus role confusion stage liana is not coming out on top she is having a hard time balancing what is right Versus what her desires are. All right, other issues of mental health in the story is we see uh, maybe some anxiety coming into play. This is particularly true with the Queen Mother. She Liana is having dinner with the royal family, uh, the king, the sister, the prince and the mother walks in. It's unexpected that she's that she is there, which sets up a red flag. And we can tell that she's not entirely normal. There is something about her that's that's a little off. Is she the wicked stepmother trope that we see in so many Cinderella stories? Perhaps, but it's underdeveloped in this first part. We'll have to wait and see how that is developed later. Because for the most part, the villain in the story is the princess sister, because she's the one who interacts with Leona more than the queen. But But I imagine that's going to become an issue later. We know that the queen is failing somehow to live up to the weight of the expectations that come along with being a royal. And again, it's under explained, but it is mentioned. So it's there. We also don't really understand why the daughter is the way she is like mother, like daughter, perhaps maybe the mother has anxiety. The daughter also has anxiety, but we don't really know, but it's, it's going to be an issue. That needs to be explained at some point in the story. There are definitely strained family relationships. The king just kind of seems to be a little okay with everything to the point that he comes across as being dissociated from reality. And watching this, you have to ask yourself, is that simply a coping mechanism? And I hope that they provide a little bit more detail because it's interesting to see that family dynamic. Let's take a moment then and talk about Liana's mental health. She's sexually promiscuous in spite of already having a child. Her behavior seems irresponsible, like maybe she's trying too hard to be a teen as opposed to being a responsible young teen mother like she probably should be. When the prince sleeps with her, it's they get to sleep in their own room. They get to go off on this weekend with their friends. Um, right, but he doesn't want to have sex. He's the one that's in controls, so and we don't know um, exactly what the truth is about his scandalous history, but he tells us everything is okay. She's trying to make good on her past mistakes, but she's still hiding everything in secrecy. Her dishonesty is creating what we in counseling, call a cognitive dissonance. This is a Freudian mentality where you have two parts in your your ideology and your brain that are in opposition to one another. She can't be a teen and be a mother at the same time. That is that it's impossible because. A teen doesn't have those adult responsibilities, but she is a teen mother, and she's trying to pretend to be a teen. And in order to do so, the way she solves the dissonance is by neglecting her child, which isn't right. So... Until this cognitive dissonance is solved, she's going to have her own sense of anxiety, her own sense that something isn't right with my life. And in fact, it's a very important part in the story where she makes a Instagram post and she says, this is my child, I'm never going to neglect him again. I love him and the truth is out there. So for her, that is a very important moment. She does come clean about her son, but not about her past. Not yet. Even at the very end of the story where the prince, right, everything is, seems to be like it's going to be okay, but he asks her a very important question. He says, any more surprises? And she looks at him dead in the eye and says no, which we know is a lie because she's she has come clean about her son, but she has not come clean about her fidelity with her friends one more thing i want to just touch on real quick is also the parenting again norwegian values c- could be very different from american values but so but the, i want to talk from an american point of view because it seems that the parents have given all the teens in this story a remarkable amount of freedom now with the royals there are secret agents lurking in the background so you you know that they're not as free as they appear to be but for liana her parents just seem to let her do whatever she wants and there, in order for parents to be successful with rating raising teens there has to be a very careful balance between what freedom and established boundaries and you give them the freedom to go out there and try try some things, to feel like they're adultish, but at the same time, those boundaries kind of tell them what is too far. And a, good parents know how to set these boundaries, and they're very clear for the children for the teens so that they don't get hurt in the real world but in this story liana doesn't seem to have any boundaries her parents seem to go along with whatever she wants to do they're trying so hard to let her be a teen they're even lying about the fact that the child is um really liana's child and they say it's her little brother, which we know is not correct. So Leanna doesn't seem to have any boundaries, which in my opinion could explain her first pregnancy and also contain or explains her continuing promiscuity because she hasn't learned from her past mistakes. Those, those um, boundaries weren't set, so she failed once and she's willing to fail again. And we don't really understand um, her motivation behind that because usually For teens, the girl that is most sexually um, provocative is a girl that is lacking something and they're trying to fill a hole, a void in their life, which usually comes from lack of parenting. But for Leanna, she seems to have remarkable parents. So it doesn't make sense that she would be so willing to go out there, break all the social norms, take such big risks, and get pregnant. It seems like her parents would have taught her better. But... Again, it's a movie. It is what it is. Um, Are her parents a little too ideal? Are they a little too understanding? They don't ever seem to be frustrated over having to raise their daughter's child. Parents, after they get to the point where they have a teen, they're kind of looking forward to having a little bit more freedom. And yet here comes another child that they are expected to raise on their own. That should be, in the real world, a challenge for the parents. But we don't see that. They're a little um, too... Like clear cut in the in their acceptance, they even uprooted their lives and moved for Leanna and I have to ask, as looking from a counseling point of view, is it healthy? Is it healthy to take her out of her environment? And even Leanna says, she hints that she cannot run away from her problems. So we are left with the question, maybe things would have been better for her if she had stayed in her old town. Even though she had betrayed her friends, she could have perhaps solved it. But at least she would have been in a familiar environment, running, hiding her secrets, uh, aren't helping her move on. And then... Referring to parenting, as I mentioned, the royal parents seem to be as dysfunctional as Lena's parents are understanding. So there's a lot more to that story. I hope we get to see it. The ending of the story is typical Cinderella. The prince accepts her in spite of her being a teen mother. It's a nice touch. I say it happens too easily. The prince is I don't know, he's smitten with her for reasons we we don't really understand. She's not incredibly beautiful, but she is attractive. She is nice. She does seem to not care very much about... Um, him being a royal, which is might be refreshing to him. But beyond that, we don't really, the romance really isn't explored. It's not really explained. And I would have much rather have seen a little more realistic response from the prince that shouldn't have been so easy for him to accept. It would have been a much more interesting story if he rejects her first and it is his growth point by being able to accept her and accept her son. I think that is a much more interesting ending, but that's not what happened, so it is what it is. Now, the biggest thing with the ending is the fact that the princess, Margaret, she's given a glass of champagne, then she faints, and that's where the story ends. We don't know why she faints, we don't know what it means. It was there's something in the champagne. Was it spiked? Just like we know her brother in a, freebie, a, a previous situation could have also been given a drink that was spiked, and that's why he had some scandalous photos. It's not really explained with him, and it's not really explained with her. And so, the other theory that's floating around is maybe she was having a panic attack because everybody was so happy for her brother and for Lena and she still doesn't like Lena and she's just overcome by the fact that they're also happy. I don't know. Perhaps the book explained it better. I do not have the advantage of having read the book. I have to take it on face value by what I'm giving in the film and it seemed that the ending didn't fit the story because the story was about liana and the prince and yet the cliffhanger at the end was about the sister so we changed heroines at the end and we changed the spotlight so i'm not sure what to say what will happen next We'll have to see if Netflix is going to make a second movie. I hope, I hope they do. I enjoyed the film, even for its flaws. I think it's still worth a watch. I think from a mental health aspect, there's still a lot to chew on. And so that was, that's why I wanted to talk about this film. I hope you watch it. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you could learn something from it. At least maybe start some conversations about teen um, behavior, teen pregnancies, and maybe even about living in a world where you don't have the typical teen um, in and out groups, but everybody, it just kind of relates to one another based upon who you are. Do you have fidelity? Are you trustworthy? Are you honest? Maybe those are the things that matter the most, and maybe that's what we can learn from this film. So I hope you enjoyed this discussion on Royal Teed. This is Dr. J.C. Burnham and the Out of the Deep End podcast. Have a blessed day.